Hello everyone, it's me Lucia Gabriela and uh, we are here to explore more about what is because there's so much confusion around what actually sexual healing is and what is not. So we're really, really excited to bring uh, um, Heather into this uh, forum and really kind of like clear out a little bit more of what this conversation of, you know, what sexual healing is about. So we're going to bring... <laughs> I am doing great and ah, such a passionate and um, such a really powerful topic that we're going to be exploring with you today. So I would like uh, you to share a little bit more about you and what how you work with couples, individuals, especially with women that you were mentioning before. Yeah, um, a lot of women come to me um, because they have blocks. And they have, they're, they, don't, they don't feel completely open. And so they've had some kind of trauma. They've had some really bad kind of surgery. Um, they've had bad sex. They have had something, some kind of experience that has gotten them to be like somewhat shut down or they, they just feel something's off. And so I, I work with them. I work with them on falling in love with themselves. Um, I'm, I'm basically their guide. It's so funny because it says sexual healing, and it's like I'm not healing them. I'm guiding them to their own healing. So I'm working with them on releasing trauma. I'm working with them on getting into their body and, and loving themselves and loving their body, doing a lot of mirror work and getting them to really connect and hear those voices that they normally say and see if you shift those and connect in and getting them connected to their yoni and their sex and their heart and their mind and seeing who, who they are. And, and couples come to me because they want a deeper communication and deeper intimacy and they want to learn how to be each other's, you know, healers and better lovers and, and to, to have a space where they can like connect in that really deep sacred space and bring more of the sacred into their relationship. And so I'm there as their guide, talking them through it. And I do workshops on this work as well. And um, because of all this, I'm actually considering going back to what I used to do, which was having women work on women, because I think it's important that we do this. You know, society needs to be, our sexes need to like be healing each other, you know, and uh, it's important. And the opposites are good too. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And also the magic that happens when we teach a couples to do the, the facilitate this healing work for the couples. To yes. me, that is like the, the most amazing thing. You know, like you say, like, you know, teaching to couples to me is powerful. So really, really appreciate your work. So let's start with the conversation. So again, everyone who's watching, if you have any kind of question, please feel free to ask a question and Heather and I will be able to answer uh, properly and remember we are coming from a place of honoring and respecting all levels of sexual healing work that it goes from um, some people get triggered when I say levels but it's a journey sexual healing is a journey where we have different levels different our uh, different processes that get involved so everyone is actually sharing amazing great uh, insight so that can help you if you're actually looking for sexual healing work. That so really pay attention to uh, what Heather's going to be sharing. So let's start. So what is sexual healing, Heather? Uh, uh, sexual healing. Um, it feels like for me, it's like it's this thing that encompasses the whole entire being. It is somebody comes and they show up, and I'm encompassing. And seeing their whole entire being and feeling into them. I'm, because I'm intuitive, I'm listening to their bodies and listening to their soul. Um, so what that is, is like I'm listening for where the trauma is. What do we need to do? It starts with a questionnaire and turns into a conversation that turns into me guiding them into the back, coming back into their body. You know, a lot of people who've been abused, they leave their bodies and getting them to back, come back into their body, own their body, own their pleasure, own their sex, coming back to their voice and getting them to share their voice and connect with what is true to for themselves, having them working with them on boundaries, working with them on just 
feeling the own sensations of their own skin, getting them to have a different conversation with their body and deepening that trust within themselves. Because um, the reason why I wait so long to do hands-on work with people is because I need to know they trust themselves and they can say yes when they mean yes and no when they mean no and pause when they mean pause. And, and that then I can trust them and they can trust me. And so we're building a relationship. It is a journey. I love that word. It is a sacred journey coming back to their own aliveness. And the biggest two things that when I teach this is what I love is like the two things is I'm holding love, just complete unaccepted, just un, unconditional love total acceptance and complete presence. Yeah. Most people come and they're like, I've been judged for this. I've been wronged for this. Da, da, da. And it's like, I'm just holding them in a space of complete love. And that heals more than anything I can do. And eventually the hands-on work might actually happen, but that's later on down the road. So sexual healing is me holding space and guiding them to where they can feel whole again. Yeah. Mm. Yummy. We people feeling alive and yummy again in their body. Delicious. They- feeling delicious again. What I love when you just say that we're going to be covering so many questions that, you know, for if you're watching, even for Heather, like maybe the questions seem like they all sound the same, they look the same, but actually it's great to ask questions in a different perspective because it actually helps us to clarify what actually is and what is not. So pay really pay attention to the question and to the answers that are given and provided. Um, so I love that you say it might. <laughs> the handheld work might happen. So this is beautiful. So what is not sexual healing? What is not sexual healing? Um, what isn't sexual healing is somebody coming to somebody and they're, they're, the practitioner's body is getting involved. There's sex involved. There's oral involved. I'm not saying those things can't be healing. I'm just saying they're not in a sexual healing context. Like those things don't need to happen for healing to happen in a sexual healing context. Most people are coming because they've had something traumatic happen in sexual work, in sexual healing, sexual um, relationships. And so what it isn't is when it becomes all about the practitioner mm-hmm. and when it stops being about the client and when the client no longer has a choice, the client is always at choice. The client is always in charge of the session. It's their session. It's not the practitioner's session. It's the client's session. And so when it ever gets directed off the client, then it's no longer a safe place. Now, there's going to be times that the client is like, oh, I don't want to do that because they, they're hitting a wall. It's a different story. But the, the client is in charge of the session. Now, saying that, a client might be begging for something that's outside the boundaries. Yeah. It's practitioner's job to hold the boundaries no matter what. If those boundaries want to change, they change in the next session before the session starts but still all those things sex oral all that stuff that's not part of sexual healing an erotic massage can be very healing but it's not part of sexual healing so for everyone who will be asking uh, wondering i know that you, um i'm gonna get off the third questions a little bit just to go deeper into this this question um why would it not be considered sexual healing, uh, or orals and all that stuff? Like, you know, later on, just hold that into that thought because that's going to be, a, you know, a question when it comes to the sacred prostitutes. So just keep it that in your mind. I'm going to go back to this question. All right. So let's go into the third question, which is how do you know sexual healing is for you? Hmm. It's <sighs> a great question. Um, Sexual healing is for people that aren't feeling whole, aren't feeling completely alive. They're not really happy or joyous in their life and their body and their relationship. 
they they may have some pains going on in their sex or heart blocks, mind blocks. They have a lot of judgment possibly around their body, about their sex, about relationships, um, and so there's a lot of blocks around that when they're. When somebody is not feeling completely sexually alive, and I don't mean every single moment of every single day. I'm just saying if you're walking around feeling shut down, you're feeling not quite yourself or alive, these are the reasons why you would come in to for a sexual healing session because we can guide you back into yourself and support you in that area. When people are walking around, um, so if women have been um, raped, molested, violated, men also, because men are raped and we don't talk about that a whole lot. Men don't talk about it a whole lot. When men and women have been abused, I work mostly with women. That's why I'm, I'm on the women's thing. Um, and when you've had any kind of abuse, um, those are a good time to like come seek um, a sexual healer. Bad sex. You know, um, I had a client a few years ago that came to me um, because a doctor actually had, had a birth. Something ripped. There was a flap of skin hanging down without her permission. And while she's holding her freshly newborn baby, the doctor burned that piece of flesh off of her without permission and no pain pills. So... I'm that's, waiting. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that's about, you know, and be able to do healing without any touch because it was too painful. And, you know, so there's lots of reasons why people come in for sexual healing sessions. Yeah. And exactly and, what I love what you're mentioning right here right now is that it's not just trauma. Because it seems like the whole conversation of what sexual healing is like helping, what I think I'm listening correctly from you is actually helping the individual who has gone through trauma. That's when sexual healing comes into place, uh, healing the aspect of the sexuality. And, and it's, I love that you bring in this about that it's not just happened when uh, somebody has been raped or sexually abused or any of that, but also the aspect that even happened when you go to your, you give birth. And happen during pregnancy or during labor or also women. I have women that come to when they have had this, uh, the whole hysterectomy removed yes. and they have all these, uh, you know, this, the whole aspect of their sexuality has been clinically removed or altered or, or processed or whatever has happened and it wasn't done consciously. So I really love that, that you bring this because it's not just working with this individual who has been raped and sexually abused and all of this, but also clinically has been the trespassed, right? Like the whole boundary has been trespassed, right? I, um, I worked with a woman for a year or two because she had a surgery on her lower abdomen and releasing all the scar tissue in there. There's scar tissue from surgeries and the emotional aspect of like having a hysterectomy, especially when they're, they weren't ready for it. wasn't done consciously. Um, what was spoken in the room while the hysterectomy was happening, that's all yes. trapped the, into the body, into the muscle memory. And, and there's other ways to set people up for surgery and talking to the surgeon beforehand. That's a whole different story. Um, but I've known people who've come and had sexual healing work from watching a traumatic movie, yeah. watching a car accident, being in a car accident, like, it's not always about sexuality. It's just injury or pain or trauma that has been trapped in the body. That needs to be released. And that can be hands-on or hands-off. And there's a lot to be said. We can get into this later. But we can, there's a lot to be said in healing when it comes to energy, too. So there's a lot of reasons. People, um, women having... Um, sex when they're not quite aroused. That can be traumatizing to the body. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that way you're explaining all this because sometimes people don't even understand when it is that they actually need it. Like, they don't understand, like, well, you know, um, you know, 
I don't have sexual energy because I had a hysterectomy, so there's nothing that to be done there. <laughs> so it's like, so people don't understand that there's the aspect of sexuality is not, you know, sex, sex energy, sexuality. To me, the whole aspect of being in your fullest, full essence. So if there's something that is holding you back from being in your full essence, and you create a power, right? Sexuality, sex energy, sexual energy is all about creative power. So if something that's holding you back in your creative power of moving yes. forward in life. Right. It can be words. It could be a parent saying something when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even have to be, you know, physical. It can be on so many different levels that we get shut down and blocked. Yes. Definitely. Love it. So how do you know it is not for you? Well, you are living a friggin' amazing, beautiful, love-filled life with awesome relationships and your sex and your heart and your mind are completely open and you are completely in love with life. You probably don't need to come to a practitioner. More than likely, if, you know, it's like typically if you've had some kind of abuse and you've gone through the healing or you've whatever, I'm not saying that all people with sexual um, abuse or any kind of abuse doesn't need it. It's just mean. More than likely, it supports the long way. Some people can heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And then they still feel that aliveness. So it's, it really depends on how you are looking at yourself and at life. And, and, and if you are completely happy and in love with your life and in love with the people around you and having healthy relationships and all that good stuff, then you don't, you don't need to come here. You don't need to go to a practitioner. You know, it's like when you feel really filled up from the inside out, not the the external, happy, smiling face. You can be having a bad day and still feel happy on the inside and and not let everything just kind of. And there's not all that err inside all the time. Yeah. So what are the levels or stages of sexual healing? Hmm. <sighs> so much to this. <laughs> um, so it depends on where the client is coming in at. So some people just making the phone call is healing. Yes. Them coming in and just having a conversation with them face to face. You know, that could be just so triggering and healing that that's all they need in that moment. Yeah. Anywhere from that to, um, to guiding them through different practices to eventually getting to the hands on work. You know, it's, there's so many different levels and every person you have to take as a separate being because one person is ready for a therapy because like before you even get into anything of like the hands-on, anything with the genitals, you want to do some real therapeutic work with touch. Mm-hmm. Just getting them to act into your hands, getting them to trust you and your touch. So I work with people like for a few sessions, three to seven sessions before I'm touching them. Yeah. So I'm taking them through a number of different practices and exercises. Like I said, getting them into their body, getting them into self-love, getting, getting them back their voice and their power before I do hands-on work. So that hands-on work there is therapeutic. Maybe the next level would be something more sensual. Maybe the next sec, uh, uh, session would be hands-on work with the genitals, pressure points, breath work, sounding, allowing all the, the pain, the trauma, everything to come out. There's different levels for every single person. Some people are ready for that in the third session. Some people are ready for that in the tenth session. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and go, I'm listening for when they're ready and and waiting for everything to align. Because some people, I had a woman a few months ago come to me like, I came to you for this, for sacred spot session. I'm like, <laughs> I don't do that in the first session. You said that on the phone, in the questionnaire, this and the other. And it's like, that's an advanced thing that I don't do for a while. I need to make sure 
you trust yourself and that I can trust your yeses and nos and that you're empowered. And she, you know, it was just amazing how, you know, she was upset, but she understood. You know, but that was also a thing. She couldn't even communicate what she needed. So how can I trust her to speak up in a session? Yeah. Yeah. So that was part of like, you know, the, her experience and her session was that. And, um, so yeah, there's just different levels and everybody's different. So it's not like it's a specific, there's not a do this and do this and do this. It's really feeling into the person going, what are they ready for? What are they a hell yes to? And is there a hell yes coming from here or is there a hell yes coming from here? Because I want to make sure the whole entire being is a hell yes before we do anything hands on. Yes. Yes, 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 yes to all of that. So, I mean, literally sexual healing could be them coming over and a touch practice could be me just holding them in an embrace. That could be sexual healing to one person. To another person, would be like, oh, I get this every day. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, let's do that. But it's not going to be a healing thing. But just embracing somebody could be healing. Yes. What I love is that uh, you actually bring in, um, into focus that the levels is within the individual. It's not outside of the individual. And practitioners, always we have to meet our clients in, in the level that they are within themselves, not the one that we think that they have to go into a little, you know, a <laughs> little program, which many times we have that, you know, we fall into that mistake of like, we get so strict and rigid about it. And there's got to be some kind of like a, a flow in here. So I really, really love it. And also the aspect that you're sharing that it's about trust. And like, you know, the client must, I would say must, get into that state where they trust themselves and they trust their the yeses and the noes and they trust their body. They trust themselves because that's right there. It's like getting back into your power, trusting your body. Beautiful. So here we go. The juicy question, right? <laughs> here we go. Well, you have answered a little bit of it, but now we're going to go a little deeper with, is general work a part of sexual healing? If yes, at what stage of the process, beginning or advanced stages? <clears throat> well, it's definitely an advanced stage. Um, so, so funny, I got stuck on the second question. What was the first question? <laughs> first part of the question. Is genital work a part of sexual healing? You have been talking about it, but we have to be clear. So it I need to get clear. It, it can be. It can be. Um, you can do sexual healing all through energy with the person's clothes on, and you don't have to even touch them. I've had clients come to me and that they're like, your finger's inside me. I'm like, no, it's not. Your pants are on. But they think, they think that I'm touching them. And I'll have them open their eyes if they're not already open and go, look at what you're wearing and look at my hands. My hands aren't touching you. And they're like, wow. So there's lots to be done just with energy that you don't even need to do any hands-on. And hands-on is good for some people that really want to get into like the the muscle memory and get that worked on. Some people don't feel energy as much. Healing will still happen with it, but some people, it, it, it can be part of the progressive stages of their healing. And so it can definitely be part of it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be though. Yeah. yeah. And also from what I think I'm hearing clearly from you and your focus is actually help an individual to transcend whatever's holding them back from being in the fullest, in the fullest essence of their body, being who they truly are. And it's, it's about process of purging and releasing and reclaiming. Yeah, it is. It's reclaiming their body, reclaiming their pleasure, reclaiming their sex, reclaiming their heart, reclaiming their voice. Like that's the biggest thing. Getting a client to come in and saying, 
having a session where they get to ask within boundaries. They get to ask, they get to ask for whatever they want. That is one of the hardest things for most people to do. Mm-hmm. When I've done that session, when my classes, there's five people sitting around one person and I say, okay, you get to ask for whatever you want from these people, however you want it from whoever you want. So if you want so-and-so on your neck and that, this is the hardest thing for any person that I've seen. They, they just kind of like go, just massage me yeah. because they, they can't be specific specific. And what I do is I walk them through step by step and give them lots of space to get themselves back in power, to get their voice back, to actually ask for what they want, figure out what they want. Because so many people have not been given permission to ask for what they want. But before that, they don't know what they want to even ask for. And so we get to do different practices to go, how do you like this? How does this feel? What's this like for you? Well, that just want, I just want to go to sleep with that touch. but it's getting them to first touch themselves and see how that feels. Then the next step, you know, along the way, doesn't mean the next step, but one of the steps would be me playing with different sensations with them for them to wake up and find out what they can own as something that's pleasurable or not pleasurable or something they like, something that's comforting. Something sometimes comforting is, is better and going right into like what's pleasurable and arousing. And so you have to go through all the stages of like where that person is and where, what is best for that person. Yeah. So within this uh, question itself is, I didn't write it down and it's something that should be asking everyone to, uh, especially for the ones uh, when genital work is involved, is orgasms a part of the sexual healing experience? Giving a client an orgasm? I I am so not goal oriented. <laughs> okay. Um you know, in all the years I've been doing this, I can probably count on very few fingers of people who come in, you know, for orgasm. Because they really get, like, I mean, some women are like, they, that's what they want to heal. They want to open to climax. Um, but orgasm isn't part of sexual healing. But it's not not. It's not. I'm not against it. I think it's amazing. It can be healing. But I'm not goal-oriented that way. Yeah. Like, if you have a climax, awesome. If you don't, awesome. Did you feel pleasure? Awesome. Did you cry and beat the crap out of the pillow? Awesome. <laughs> I embrace all emotions and I embrace all that. And that's why some of my clients are like, how can I can do this with you? And I'm not being able to beat a pillow and stuff like that with other people. I'm like, because I embrace rage and anger and yeah. pain. Yeah. And I'm just like, let's go here. I'll beat the pillow with you. If you, if that's yeah. going to support you, let's do it. Um, but I wouldn't say climax is part of it, and it's not. I just look at it and go, if the client climaxes, great. If not, great. I embrace it all. I am in complete acceptance of where they are. Now, some people having a climax can be very healing. I embrace that. But again, like you say, it's not goal-oriented. Not the goal. When people, when I've had women call me like, I want to learn how to climax. I'm like, well, that's great. Why don't you come in and I'll show you some techniques on how to self-pleasure. Up your pleasure. Find your safety in your own pleasure and find your own intuit um, sense about your own pleasure. Climax will come. Mm-hmm. But when we go into like, I need a climax, I need a climax, I need a climax. You're not going to climax. I know. I've been there. I've done it. <laughs> yes. The moment I release the brain, it's like, oh, my God, the climax came. Yeah. So it's not a goal-oriented thing. It's it's, it, And it can be healing. And it's for me, it's just if they climax, great. If they don't, great. Beautiful. So now let's go to the questions that 
I will say, um, sometimes it's used as an excuse where we're gonna, uh, where we're gonna present next because sometimes they use it as an excuse of sexual violence. And I say an excuse because, um, we have seen a lot of mess happening from these specific archetypes. Um, so it's having sex with a client considered sexual violence. We're talking about the sacred prostitute, which is an archetype in the world, in the community of sexuality and sacred sexuality and also you know, a lot of people use these archetypes when we have memories from ancient Egypt and all the times. And for anyone who's watching, you have no idea what the sacred prostitute is about. So if yes, should be offered at the beginning of the journey of advanced levels. <laughs> and yeah, to share a little bit more about that, because I feel like this is a very powerful, important question that come, you know, that we want to ask from a place of uh, honoring and respect to some people who are sacred prostitutes, that they really work at very, very high, 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 high levels. <laughs> you can even get in touch with them. <laughs> um, but some of the people use it as an excuse, or even, you know, men and women, they use it as an excuse to, to not go with great intention. So I want to share a little bit about that. So for how I've been trained, for how I work, sex is absolutely not part of sexual healing. Can sex and being a sex, um, sacred prostitute, can that be healing? I'm sure. I think in some cases especially like surrogate work. Surrogate work, they're working with a doctor and the client. Awesome. Somebody is actually overseeing what's going on and seeing if it's working or not working and how it's working. Beautiful. Mm, good point. I like that there's accountability in that. Beautiful. Um, somebody just going, hey, come over and we're going to have sex and you're going to pay me. There can be healing in that um, because some people don't get touched and they don't get connected to and this and the other. One of my, my dear friends I just love and adore, he's taken on the role of like doing sexual healing and then having a different part of his life where he's doing this other work that that, that that's mutual touch and I, I'm not sure if they have sex, but it's – and he's given me all the reasons of like why – Somebody would do that. And at first I was like, Ugh. and then I'm, after I sat with him, I'm like, okay, I get that there is a place, time and place for that. If the client knows what's happening, if the client's a complete consent, if the client's in control, it's about the client. It's not about the practitioner. Do I personally, per, I personally, like I'm, I don't see it in 16 years of doing this work. I don't see that um, I need to be doing that with my clients. I've never had a client that I'm like, oh my God, this person needs to have sex or I need to give them oral. They need to give me oral for them to have sexual healing. I've never seen that in 16 years. I've never seen that. Yeah. But I also know that like what people say, like you can't keep such clean boundaries that people don't, wouldn't even go there. You know, it's like because my boundaries are very clear of what I'm doing. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. So can sex and oral and all that stuff be healing? Sure. Prefer you to go do that with a partner. I also know from talking to my friend how it can be very healing for some very few people. Like 1% of the people out there, it can be really healing. Prostitution can be very healing for a lot of people. That's not sexual healing. Put it in the category it is in. Erotic massage can be very healing. Pleasure can be very healing. Put it in the category it belongs in and make sure the client is at 100% consent and in charge of the session at all times. They can say yes, they can say no, and they are honored beyond anything. And let it be their session. If you can get out of your way as a practitioner to allow that to happen and let them have the healing they need, then great. I'm not pro that for me and for my work. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. I tried to really think on this because at first I was like out of it, like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, kind of get out of your own realm for a little bit and like try on something else because I've seen, like, I've seen, like, okay, you know, with friends, like, what their experiences have been. I'm like, okay, great. <sighs> and something I want to share with that is um, those who, the practitioners who um, offer these experiences, I believe that they have also a very high standards and boundaries, and, like, it's really, really um, good. Like, But also the clients might have, um, they must be very psychological there, like emotionally there, and detachment has to be the big thing there, like no attachment whatsoever, there's no, you know, the clients know that they walk into an experience like that, knowing that they're not going to develop a romance out of this, or they're not, they're not fantasizing, or they're not using the practitioner as a fantasy tool for them to whatever when they're not with them. So it's really important. Um, thank you for sharing all that because it just makes me think about what were you talking and it's really important to bring that, that, um, like you said, that 1%, they are ready for that. And, and like when it comes to sexual healing, um, Again, we work with people who are reclaiming their voice and their power, their wants and their needs and their desires, and it's such a different, uh, such a different uh, taste of work. But it's like a different intention that are holding space, and and uh, not many people will be ready to jump into something like that. Well, yeah, there. And going back to the attachment thing, it's like cord cutting and making sure the client knows this is not a relationship. We're not going to go to dinner afterward. We're not. We're not. We're not friends. You're my client. Yes. You're paying me. Yes. Um. And and I mean, not me. But <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have sex with my clients. But it's like even my clients are like, hey, do you want to go to dinner afterward? I'm like, no, no. Yeah. You know, it's just clean clear making sure like you know every once in a while a client will like give me that look and I remember this one client um gave me this look I was like oh he's getting attached and I was just like we weren't even doing sexual healing work yeah you know it's just therapeutic work and he was like and I just made sure energetically that I cut that cord and all of a sudden I watched him by the time he stood up something was different because mm. I was okay that cord he's attached to me it's like nope boop, done he still became my, he still remained my client. No big deal. There was no cords then. You have to decord. You have to let the client know what it is and what it isn't. Even in like my therapeutic world. You know, this is not a date. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm your practitioner. I'm your educator. Mm, and this is leading us to the next question, which is where we actually why are we actually doing all of this? <laughs> uh, these, uh, all this amazing conversation with amazing uh, educators like uh, Heather. So what are the code of ethics sexual yield should have with clients, even for mm -hmm. those who offer sexual work as part of it? So really get more, let's get more clear on this. Okay. Well, I don't know what the, well, the code of ethics, I think, for all of it, in, I guess, including people who use, you know, uh, <laughs> sex aspects. Like my brain's like, oh, sex work. Yeah, sex work. Um, well, let me just start by okay. So the base overall, it has to be for the client. You know, um, the code of ethics really are like for me. This is what I look at code of ethics. My clothes stay on. Some people do it with just their underwear on. Okay. There could be something good in that. That's great. That's how I was trained. Um, but my stay, my clothes stay on. Um, one way touch. Like, I don't need my clients to touch me. They don't need to touch me. They can put their hands on their, my knees or my waist. Awesome. But it's really about the client. The client isn't in charge, is in charge of the, the, the session at all times. They they can they can stop at any time. Um, 
And make, you know, for me, code of ethics is no sex and no oral. That's in there. It's in there. It's a, there's no French kissing. There's no kissing. Yes, I'm with you. I may tone into, I may tone into a chakra. I may, you know, kiss their hand. It's not a sexual kiss. It's pouring love in, but it's not with their mouth. It's not with their genitals. It's really keeping it very clean and clear and letting their session be their own and letting I'm following their energy. So, um, using only your hands basically in a session. I mean, massaging you, your forearms and elbows, but it's like really about your, your hands. None of your other body parts really need to come in to play. Um, in a sexual healing, you balance a leg on your leg, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, letting, just letting the client be in charge of sessions. It's like, and, and for us as practitioners to hold the boundaries, hold the space, be really clean. Don't put all of our sexual energy in them. Mm. Don't let our bodies just kind of like take over. Don't let our turn on go to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. It's crossing an energetic boundary. Mm. As a practitioner, having fantasies of the client while you're giving a session. No, that's a violation. Great point. So what's going on inside is important. You need to be a clear vessel. You need to know what is going on with your client at all times, even if they're not saying it. You're feeling it, and you stop the session the moment you feel something off that they that you need to get them to drop into further, or get them to breathe or whatever. But it's the boundaries are energetic, physical, spiritual, emotional, all of it. You're not manipulating them in any way to get anything you want or need, even if it's to have come back for another session. You're not pulling any strings. You're staying completely in that clear space of what is best for them and keeping your energy clean and clear. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are my guidelines. I, for me and for the people I coach is just you just staying completely clear and clean and being of service to that person. And that means taking in their whole entire being of what's best for them, not what's best in the moment, what's best for them as a whole. Their spirit, everything, body. So what about a practitioner, um, not even practitioner, but what about practitioners that they master the sexual energy and expand their sexual energy, but they, it, it's done from a place of integrity, like they are not interacting and playing with the client. Like, for example, um, for some of the ones are watching, sometimes um, we talk about uh, energetic sex, right? So there's no energetic sex going on because there's no, no, there's no play in there. You can be fully, um, fully energetic sexual being uh, as a whole, and just have your energy expanding twenty four seven all day long and all that stuff. But there is the, an integrity. I think I'm hearing it's like the integrity of like you're not going there to, to just play and just having like having it for yourself. So it's like you are more of that container, even though that your sexual energy. Because I mean, some people may ask. Well, I'm I'm opening myself. I'm opening my sexual energy as a therapist myself, and I don't want to close because then, like the client, like I'm not I'm not gonna be able to survive from a closed channel. You know, I want to be open to my infinity, my sexual being. I don't want to be a, a hypocrite to myself where I'm like shutting down. So right. there's a difference, right? What we're talking here, right? And so there's two things what I'm hearing that you're saying, which is really great points. Um, one is being a clear channel, but I think the other point, which I didn't say is that the sexual energy in the practitioner's body, like, first of all, I don't, I don't actually need that to be there, but sometimes with some women um, that I'm working with, 
what I do is I allow it to go up to wherever their level is because it has them drop in and feel safe, but I don't have to do that. And it is very specific on every client. So it's not me shutting me down. Mm. It's not me shutting me down. It's like literally me going, okay, well, I might match them there. But most of the time, I'm just a clear channel. That me having to bring my sexual energy into it doesn't happen very often. Very rare cases that I need to do that. But sometimes it's good for some people to bring it up to their level. I'm not guiding it. I'm letting them guide where the sexual energy is if it comes up. Mm. So because if I were to go and bring my sexual energy up more than theirs, then it's, it's me guiding that session to go to that higher level. And I want to leave it at them guiding the session because it's like, I know a lot of practitioners like, well, you need to amp up the energy. And so they can get to that level. I'm like, okay, that's one way of doing it. But I'd rather than get there in a way that feels really like it's their path. And I'm not, not almost like not manipulating them, but I'm not like going before them and going, come on. I've done that in my own work. I don't need to do that in my session. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm thinking of hearing is you can do this play in a a different setting, not in the setting of, you know, healing, sexual healing setting. It could be done like if the client hire you, not for that sexual healing experience, but they hire you for something else, like the energetic awakening, uh, sexual energy awakening, sexual mastery. That's a different... Exactly. Somebody okay. wants to come in and learn about energy. They want to learn about, you know, energetic play or they want to go to their next highest level in their pleasure. That's not a sexual healing session. Yes. Great. It can be. But most of the time it's not. Not yeah. Most of the time it's like, oh, I just want to have this really yummy, go to my next level. And it's like they don't need the sexual healing component. They're just like, I'm already here and their body's already alive and they just want to go to their next level. That's not a sexual healing session. That's a pleasure session. Yeah. So like really being distinct and if it's like more playful and this, that, and the other, and you know, an energetic like sharing of energy, that's more than likely not, I wouldn't put that in the realm of sexual healing. That is a different kind of session. It can be healing, but it's, can, it's not in that container of sexual healing because in sexual healing from everything that we're hearing from you is holding that amazing container for the client to really reclaim and to align and to lead it just by I love what you just said of just leading their own energy and let them be in power to uh, to realize that they are in the power to open up more and more and then we can meet them there if we you know we want to meet them there but other than that if there's that whole juiciness or sexual energy awakening sexual mastery all the kind of like different things is a different type of container. I love that. Love that. Different containers. <laughs> I love You're that. The right thing is put in the right container and then keep that container safe and sound and, you know, and yeah, it's like having separate containers and going, this is this container and this is this, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because even in my work of a sacred dom, like you don't hire me to do this work here. It's like you hire me to do this work here. I don't do this work anywhere else. Right. Exactly. It's, so it's like fun. <sighs> okay, so these are uh, the juicy ones. Uh, can sexual healing not involve genital work, sexual erotic massage, copulation? I know that you've been talking about it. We just have to be more clear and clear and clear. okay yes it can involve genital work and it doesn't have to and it can it can be just all energetic yeah i said not involve genital work oh no no it doesn't have to exactly doesn't have to i mean the fact is sometimes people coming in and being heard and being seen and completely accepted and completely loved for where they are and what that that can be sexual healing enough where they're like wow You know, I'll sometimes do a few sessions where it's not even any hands-on, and they're like, wow, okay, cool. I feel really complete. Boom. Boom. And for them, they got tons of healing and tons of release. Yeah. 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 And I feel Uh, like that's kind of like the beginning, like, of what you were talking about. Like, you don't even put your, you know, you don't do even hands-on work 
even at the seventh session or tenth session, right? Like is that preparation mode that mm-hmm. great. So do you feel clients who are looking for sexual healing from sexual trauma enroll into a process and journey of preparation and purging before experiencing sexual touch from a qualified practitioner? And this is specifically to people who do genital healing work. Um I think like what we said before, it's a journey. There is stuff they need to purge out of their system first. There is stuff they need to get in touch with first. There is, um, there's so much to do in the full session to get into the whole entire being of the person. Um, I feel like I've covered a lot of this, so I'm like, okay, do I want to do myself and stuff like that? So I'm like, Okay. We're just um, getting more clear with it, with it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just their journey. And, and I think getting them into, you know, the, tra- like the trauma, I love taking people through trauma release. And that's just a whole entire experience, like getting them to release all this and getting them really in touch with what's going on. That journey in and of itself is really powerful. And sometimes that is a whole and complete session just by itself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the different practices that goes on, there's a lot of purging that goes on in their system. You know, I'm not talking throwing up. I'm talking like purging energetically and physically and spiritually for them to wake up and have their ahas, for them to become, you know, become and own like that conscious part of themselves again, you know, that place that just feels so empowered and for them to connect with their spirit and their own inner guide again. So that's the journey. That's the journey. Get them back to that place and to guide them there and allow them to take the time and steps to get back there. Does that answer the question? Yep. Yay. <laughs> so how can we tell who is a qualified practitioner? Uh, what kind of discernment should we have and what we can find them? Mm. Um, I think good ways of, you know, finding a, a, knowing the, when somebody's a good practitioner is to know that they're typically not going to do hands-on work in the first session at least, if not first few sessions, they have a lot of different tools underneath their tool belt that they can support them before doing the hands-on, especially yoni massage or sacred spot massage, like, um, or lingam massage. It's like, there's a lot of stuff to take them through before getting that there and that they have those tools, um, to, um, be able to, um, you know, ask them questions. Have the person be completely open to have lots of questions. Ask, ask them, where's the session? Is it in your bed? Some people do it in their bed. Well, what happens in the bed? Like asking them questions like, is there, is there going to be sex? What are you going to be wearing as a practitioner? What am I going to be wearing as a client? Asking them like, um, like if somebody says, Oh, I can guarantee that you're going to be completely healed in one session. They're probably not. but I, I've never seen that happen. Um, people who, um, you're looking for people who really want to be present and that, that your internal system says yes to. Maybe even getting, say, hey, would you be willing to give me some um, referrals so that I can talk to some of your clients? Mm-hmm. So it's all about creating safety for the client. And so you're asking all these questions. Is there sex involved? Is there oral? You're asking all those questions so that you know what's happening, what's going on and getting references. And, and I, and so going back to the bed thing, I'm not saying that people who do the the work in their bed, it, it has to be a sexual thing. Sometimes people are completely on the up and up doing it there. I personally don't like that. It's just too personal for me. Um, and, um, what else? Um, I 
I can't hear you. It sounds like a train okay, horn going by. Okay, great. No, now I can hear you. <laughs> it's so weird. So you're wanting to make sure that, you know, it's like um, when a practitioner, ha I think, like, they have a questionnaire for you to fill out to find out some history, find out some really intimate details to know, like, where you've come from. Or if you don't want to fill that out, actually be able to sit down with the client and have a conversation and really have them ask really detailed questions of who you are and where you've been and what your sexual past is, what your traumatic past has been, what your family life has been. So that gives them an idea. When people start asking questions, their sexual history and this, that, and the other, that shows you that they're more on the up and up. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then you're not feeling any pressure from them. You know, like, and there's no seductive like energy comes from them. Um, where do you find these people? Right now we're in the process of making a list of people that feel trustworthy in this work. The crazy thing is that list isn't very long. And <laughs> it's really sad. Um, so I'm not sure what our next step is right now. Um, we're working on like, you know, we have, we're building the, we're finding the list of people who have been breaking boundaries and violating and stuff like that. We have a list now of, of people who we've found that nobody's complained about and stuff like that. And so we're not sure where we're going to post that, um, yet and where that's going to be. Um, and most practitioners that are really authentic typically have a, a website as well. And, um, and, um, so that's typically a, a qualifier of people who are just kind of like winging it on their own, um, mm -hmm. who haven't really been, you know, trained and being trained doesn't necessarily mean that that gives them like qualifications to be a safe container. Yes. Like, you know, you can be qual. you, I, I know people who've taken tons of training, this and the other who teach it and yeah they don't hold a safe container. So the training not, isn't necessarily so, but having the, having them really focus on your sexual history, having them really listening to you, having them really um, knowing what their practice is. And if there's a program, well, we always start here and da, 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 great. Well, I work more intuitively listening to your body and you're always in charge of the session. Wow. Awesome. Where do we set the boundaries? Um, and when do we set the boundary? Can I change the boundaries midway through the session? No. You can change the session, the boundaries in your next session before we get started. These are things that are good to find out beforehand because, and, and to know that the, the boundaries can change making them um, smaller, but they can't get bigger. So like, let's say somebody comes and says, I don't, um, I, I want you to touch my Yoni. Great. And then, 20 minutes in, like, I don't want that. You can do, go that direction. You can't go one, like, you can't say, no, I don't want you touching my breast. And then later on go, yes, I want you to touch my breast. You can't go that way. And so you want to make sure, like, you're asking questions to make sure that this person feels really legit. And these are great questions to ask. Yeah, and I would like to add something here for everyone who's listening when it comes why are we so strict with like not changing boundaries within a session, uh, even for the work I do that I don't do any genital work. Um, it's because um, even when we do energetic uh, work or somatic work or anything or working with trauma or even like doing sessions of energy work just for pleasure, like we're talking like awakening sensual energy, sexual energy and all that stuff. Uh, because we're having it the individual itself we're going through a process where all neurochemicals in our brain and our body are changing. So, like, when we get into that state of holding space and the person's healing and experiencing all this, they are literally dropped <laughs> in this cocktail of neurochemicals. And we can literally cannot, you know, you cannot trust somebody who is in a drop. So it is very important for uh, for people to know that the reason why we cannot break our boundaries within a session is because you are totally not reliable and trusted <laughs> of the chemicals happening right there. So I just wanted to point that out there. Yeah. You know, you know, bend those in the middle. Like, yeah, all those hormones raging through your body. You're like, yeah, I'm up for this. And then the next day you're like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Yes. 
So, so. really, really, really important. And I really thank you. I appreciate you because, you know, when I founded Nuna, a retreat center here inside of sort of for holistic, um, holistic center for emotional and sexual healing, I've been literally in this path of educating people that come to me like, oh, what are you doing? Like, and sometimes like the judgment and the fears and it is a process of educating. And I definitely, we see ourselves like, uh, bringing amazing practitioners like Heather to, you know, to share the work that, that sexual healing is about, emotional healing, somatic work and all of that. Uh, so I'm really committed myself to, clear whatever mess whatever misunderstanding is going on around this because it is my passion and we're building a whole community based on that so one of the things that came to me inspiration is like we should get together uh, all these amazing practitioners get together all the ones that want to be part of this tribe to get together in a retreat and everyone work on each other and hold container for each other. That would be delicious because I personally do not refer anyone unless I have experienced the work. Yep. That, that's me. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I am exactly 100%. There's two people I've been referred to and I haven't worked on or worked with. And I'm like, can't refer them yet. And two people have worked on me that I'm like, 100% can refer them. Yeah. But it's like, everybody else? Nope. And, yeah, yeah I completely agree. And then I have to be very careful because I'm a licensed establishment for massage, so I can't refer anyone. I have to be very clear that they are legally available to do this work, or I can refer them to another state or another country. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where actually this work is done. So I really take this work very seriously. <laughs> um, I really honor and appreciate you so much, uh, Heather. Ah, you have been such a like fresh uh, air. You know what I mean? <laughs> you had. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have been that. <laughs> you amazing energy, you amazing enthusiasm, and you amazing courage to uh, bring this conversation to uh, awareness and to request and demand accountability and demand this sacredness and this integrity that it must be met by every single practitioner. So I really love you. I love you, love you, love you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it makes my it makes my life so yummy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you doing this. It's really beautiful. And yeah, for me, it's like I want to bring safety back to this work yeah. in all levels, and I want people to really get the healing that they need. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for you for showing up for doing these interviews and just. <gasps> and, and really being particular on who you're like interviewing. I love that. I love that you're not just interviewing anybody and the people you've chosen are just, you know, I respect and I really love. So yeah. So we you. have, we have a couple more people that we are lining up and that we just waiting for the calendar to clear up. So we have Dustin Garrick who I love Dustin's work and, um, he would just have to wait for his date. We have another, um, practitioner that she's part of the integrated sexuality community. Uh, that she has school and she also certified people for the ASEC. So we, um, I'm just tuning in to the people that really do this amazing work. I have Francesca Gentile, which is actually one of my mentors, and she's incredible. Um, and uh, who else? Oh, I have Trambika, I believe so, that people have referred. I, and I have all the people working that have worked with her. So she has her own perspective, and I know that she comes from a place where uh, she may bring some clarity and some understanding in some level, so I'm excited to hear. Uh, we're just waiting on her, too, to see when she gets out of her training. So, um, yeah, so if if you know anybody else, too, that wants to get here, just, just tell me and send them my way. And uh, definitely, I'm so, so excited. So how people can find you, Heather? Um, well, my... Website is theecstaticbody.com. It hasn't been updated in a while, but it is in the process. Um, the Ecstatic Body on Facebook, that's my business. Heather Ray Dawn. Ray is R-H-E-A, Heather Ray Dawn. And um, between all of that, you can always message me here on Facebook or from my website. And, uh, yeah, that's how you get a hold of me. Thank I do you. classes. I do workshops. I coach people. 
uh, would love to hear from you, work with you, answer any more questions. And yeah, I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. everyone. Uh, you can always find me here on my, right here on Facebook. <laughs> if you are watching these, uh, uh, replay on YouTube, you can always go to luciagabriela.com. And if you live inside of Florida, you can come and visit me at our center for emotional sexual healing at Nuna Holistic Retreat Center inside of Florida at Nuna Holistic Retreat com. So we're so excited to do and share with you this amazing work and clarifying uh, what sexual healing is. And uh, we'll see you next week when we have another amazing speaker. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.